It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, Avs fans, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli, and thank you for joining me for another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. So Avalanche were off on Thursday. Uh, the game on Friday is against New Jersey Devils, which we will preview later on in the show. Um, we're going to talk, uh, like we always do, injuries coming to an end. So we have a couple updates on some guys. Um, we're going to do some power rankings as well. And uh, these are power rankings that I knew were going to annoy me, and they absolutely do. And again, power rankings, like I say every time, are subjective, and we can act like we don't care about them, but we really do for nothing else than bragging rights and bragging purposes. And um, Avalanche have a lot to brag about, but when it comes to power rankings, as you'll see, um, they, they do the opposite and make you angry and drum up some anger. So we will uh, we'll dive into those a little bit later. Uh, first things first, follow on all of these social media outlets. Twitter, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche. On Instagram and Facebook, search Locked On Avalanche. And send in your emails for any questions, comments, concerns, opinions. Whatever you want to discuss, we'll bring it up on the show over at LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. And, of course, lead feedback wherever you're listening. If you're listening in iTunes, submit a five-star review would be nice. And if you want to leave some words, feel free to do that too, but it does help. So appreciate everybody who's listening and uh, hope you are enjoying it. So uh, give me some feedback if you got some time. So, all right. Um, like we have been doing injury update, a uh, positive coming. I think they're really all positive because it seems like the injury bug is coming to an end. Um, in the very near future, like 99% of, uh, of our roster will be back intact. It seems like, uh, the two guys that are the closest are Philip Grubauer and he will be active in the game against New Jersey. Uh, Kale McCarr will not. Um, and, and there's a clip I'm going to play of, uh, coach Bednar just doing a few minute press conference. And he addresses that at the end of it. And he says that Kale McCarr, they're going to reevaluate him for the, the next game in St. Louis. So t- tomorrow or today, like I said, whenever you're listening to this, um, on, uh, on Friday, he is out for New Jersey. But he has skated all week long in a red non-contact sweater. So every since the day he got hurt against Boston, um, it's been it's been positive about his return. So it's kind of on track. And, uh, I think St. Louis is probably a good, a good inclination, inclination of when he will return, which is great because obviously you want him back for that game. Cause it's an important game. And Philip Grubauer, uh, I, I think he, he's ready to go, but now it's a question of, do you play him? Um, the, the not, I don't want to say there's a a goalie controversy, but um, I think you go with the hot hand right now in Fransos because he has been playing so well. And again, Bednar did not play Grubauer if he was not going to be 100%. 
and like we said yesterday, that could have been 99% and he still didn't play. If he's at 100%, I think you ride the hot hand. Um, a couple years ago, uh, Henrik Lundqvist was just not playing well at all for the Rangers. And, you know, he's he's one of the best goalies, at you know, maybe not anymore, but at the time he was one of the best goalies in the league. Um and Elaine Vignon benched him for a number of games. I wish I could remember who the backup was, um, but he benched him for a, a stretch of games, five or six games, because he rode the hot hand. And he's like, look, I, I know you know, Hank is, is our goalie, and he will be our goalie down the road, but you ride that hot hand. doesn't matter who it is. And I think you might have to do that with, with Francois. But I, I think they've been playing – I think the plan all along for the season was to play these guys – not an equal amount of times, but more equal than most other teams allow their backup goalie to play. Um, to give uh, Grubauer uh, a, a good rest every once in a while, more often than not, um, and have him fresh pretty much all season, rather than riding him like they did at the end of last year. When he took over that starting gig um, like in February, March, over – uh, Varlamov, um, it was it. I think he played the rest of the season a handful of games in a row. I don't think they want to do that again. I don't think anybody wants to do that. But they rode the hot hand, and, and that's what you do. So it'll be interesting to see what the, the decision is. My money right now is on Francois, at least for the Devils game. Um, so let's get to this Jared Bednar press conference, and he touches on uh, some pretty good things about what he's done with his line, his lines and his line changes uh, while going through all the injuries that the Colorado Avalanche have gone through. So we'll uh, check in on this and then uh, talk about it on the other side. We've got to start here. I mean, with your top six, you're able to shuffle guys around. What's it like to kind of have that freedom knowing that you can still win games and get production knowing that the last couple of years that's been a little bit of a difficulty? Yeah, well, it's nice. I mean, I think what it does is, you know, you get you get into some games and things aren't working, and you have the freedom to try and spark your team and juggle guys around a little bit. And with some of the injuries that we've had, you know, to this point in the season, we've been forced to shuffle things around, and we've found some some other combinations besides just the regular ones that we started the year with that, that have worked and that have helped us win hockey games and we're getting some good production out of those guys. So and not and not just our, our top six, but that goes for, you know, all of our lines, interchanging guys and sometimes it helps to put a, a heavier guy on a on a skill line and, and help do some wall work. And so we we've juggled things around quite a bit, more than I've like would have liked just sure. because of the, the injuries, but it's nice to have different options going into different games because you can see how some of the line matchups and what you think might work and might what might not. And with having that, I mean, what's it like knowing that, okay, with Gabriel, Nathan, and Nico, they're used to playing with them and other. Andre Nazem and uh, Jonas, they're all new. So what's it like to kind of shuffle those pieces knowing that in some ways it's old hat for some guys, news for others? Yeah, I think it's okay. I think it's I think it's good. You know, I think there's a there's an accountability to it that you know if you if you you're trying to bring your best every night because you're competing for ice time and and you know that's that's the way you want it. You want to have guys to have to play well to earn their ice time on a nightly basis, not just 
based on what they've done in the past or what you think they might do in the future. And I think it drives the best out of your team. And they're all real supportive of one another and, and, and unselfish. And that's, that's the way we like it. They're happy for one another when they have success. And if they get moved around a little bit, they're trying to have success on a, on a new line. So there's a little bit of competitiveness there, I think, is good for your team. Your four new guys, Berkey, Donskoy, Kadri, and Valeri, are they producing, are they playing how you thought that you, they would when you guys first got them in the summer? I'd say yes. You know, I'm, I'm, ple- I'm really pleased with the way they're playing. Um, the, the guy we knew probably the best out of that group for me would have been Donskoy because we saw him yeah. a little bit more than, say, a guy like Burkowski. Uh, we did our homework on those guys, Joe's, Joe and his staff, especially sort of identifying guys that, that might um, excel with more opportunity. And we've had that for him here. And they've come in. They like it here. They feel comfortable. They're getting a little bit more opportunity. And, and, and all of them are, are real play, really playing well and making an impact for us. So I would say no real surprises, but we're pleased with what they've been doing. Jared, uh, speaking of the lines, 29 seemed like he was playing all over the place last night. Uh, he only logged like 20, 20 minutes or so. But uh, in playing him and double shifting him and playing him on the first, second, and third lines, does that kind of help hide him from matchups as well? Uh, yeah, I think I think that's one thing. Um, it makes it tough for a team to just you know check him with certain guys or certain D pair. I think the, the the flip side of that on on our side of it is when you spot Mac into a line. And, and juggle things around a little bit, even if it's just for a shift or two, those other players get really excited about going out on the ice with them because they know that he can help make them better and that they can you know, be difference makers in the game right then and there on that particular shift. So you know you're going to get your all out of, out of the guys that are joining them on that line, even if it's just for a shift or two. So if it can spark some guys and give them some energy and, and they can kind of carry that out through the game, I think it's a good thing. So again, other teams don't know what's coming. Our guys get excited. It's win-win on both it's, sides of that. It line. seems like it sparks him as well. I mean, he's, he's pumped about that. Yeah, you know, like we've started him out slower in some games, knowing that we're probably going to need him as the game wears on to to make a difference. And um, both of the last two games, you know, third period the other night, we fall behind 4-2. We start doubling him up, and, and he makes a huge uh, impact in that game, and, and they end up getting a couple goals with Berkey and Donskoy. Uh, last night we move them around a little bit. They get some sustained ozone time, and things start, you know, changing back into our favor. So, uh, obviously, elite player, one of the best in the world. And then when you can kind of jump them around and have them play with different guys, it's exciting. So, uh, what's the status of Grubauer for tomorrow? Grubauer's probable for tomorrow. Yeah. In in the lineup or as a starter? In the lineup. In the lineup. Yeah. And how about McCarr? Carter skated again today, feeling better. Again, 24-hour evaluation going on every day, but he's he he won't he won't be a player first for tomorrow. Yeah, we'll target uh, St. Louis, and we'll just see again how it goes over the next three or so days, and and, and then we'll make a decision on on the St. Louis game probably on Sunday. My name is Paul Stewart, a third-generation Irishman from Dorchester, Mass. I made it to the NHL as both a player and a referee. I was even elected to the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. When I was skating, I had my share of lumps and bumps. I gave a few back, too. As a stand-up old-school guy, I've always been hesitant to try fads, but recently I became a big fan of a company called Easy Feeling Wellness. A hockey buddy sent me 1,000 milligrams of intensive relief rub. 
Easy-feeling markets a line of natural plant-based hemp extract products, including gummies, soft gels with melatonin, and tinctures. Their motto is to enjoy every day, which all of us banged-up baby boomers and old skaters can relate to. Easy-feeling products are non-addictive. They don't get you high, and they're perfectly legal. Give easy-feeling a try by going to easyfeelingwellness.com. They will even give you 20% off your first order by using my special code, PS20. Easy feeling wellness. Enjoy every day. Don't Luca now, but the Los Angeles Clippers might be in trouble. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Dallas Mavericks forward Luka Doncic dropped a triple-double and an overtime buzzer-beating three-pointer to tie their series with the Los Angeles Clippers. You have to listen to Locked On Mavericks today for a very hype Nick Angstadt. To the NFL, where 77 positive COVID tests from 11 teams were re-examined by a New Jersey lab. All of those tests have now come back negative. For the latest on the NFL's quest to return, subscribe to Locked On NFL and the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show. And finally, Sources tell ESPN's Adam Schefter that Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson missed two training camp practices due to a groin injury. Listen to Locked On Ravens for the latest on the reigning MVP and why the team released Earl Thomas. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so uh, Coach Jared Bednar talking mainly about lines, Nathan McKinnon, and those couple injuries which we already had discussed so uh and we already had discussed nathan mckinnon but you know man possessed when he wants to take over a game he can do that we know ho-hum uh don't take it for granted <laughs> but um the lines and, and this is something i had mentioned a couple weeks ago if there excuse me if there's any silver lining out of all of these injuries it's exactly what what he was talking about being able to mix and match these lines now and kind of get a feel of what works, what doesn't work, have these guys play in a line that they no- typically wouldn't play in, um, and and down the road, if you have to, to mix it up and throw them in a line with Nathan McKinnon on the front line um, or bring a guy up from the third line to the second line or the fourth line to the third, third line and not have a, a moment of, okay, I need some time to figure out how to play with with these guys, how to play with Comfort, how to play with Jost, uh, or how to play with Burakovsky, or, or anything. It seems like everybody has played with everybody, and that's the best thing that could have come out, out of this. And I give all the credit in the world to Jared Bednar for mixing all this stuff up, and you can't say enough about they won. They kept winning during all of this. So not only was this like a trial and error type of thing, but it worked in the process. So we keep going back to last year and everyone calling Colorado a, a top-line team or first-line team, and that was it. And then right after the All-Star break, go, well, going into the All-Star break, it was they were kind of like losing that luster. And coming out of the All-Star break, he broke it up. And I don't even think they went half a period before they were back on the same line together. If I, my memory serves me correctly. I think he saw like, yeah, this isn't going to work. We need more. We mean, need more time and practice with this. And he put them right back together and then he split them up again. And it, it I mean, it worked and it didn't work, but um, he kind of had to do it on the fly with all these injuries, mix and match people. 
And this, it's the best thing that could have come out of this because now you know you can plug in pieces anywhere you want to and these guys will work together and they'll, they'll get you results and they'll get you points and they'll get you wins. So it's an impressive feat. Um, you know, the Colorado Avalanche, first place um, after yesterday's game. Uh, I'm looking up right now because I, I know I looked it up yesterday, but I don't remember if the Blues are playing. Yeah, that's right. They're playing Vegas right now. As I'm recording this, they are uh, seven minutes left in the second, and they're tied at two. So I don't think it'll be over by the time I finish recording this, but they're in a dogfight right now with uh, the Golden Knights. But it doesn't matter. Um, Colorado has caught up to St. Louis, and like we said, for right now, they're in first place. If St. Louis ends up winning this game and they go up by a point, whatever. I mean, like we're we're still in December. We got a long way to go. They're playing each other in a few days, so obviously everything gets sorted out at the end. But it's just going to be exciting seeing where this division goes and i think those two teams are the are the dominant and predominant teams in that division and it's going to be exciting to see them go back and forth and back and forth uh, i think there's going to be runs had by both teams where you'll see colorado go up by 3 4 points uh and then maybe they'll come back down to earth where st louis might go up by a couple points but it's going to be uh definitely something to watch for the duration of the season so I'll I'll give updates during this game. I don't know why it matters because by the time you guys listen to this, uh, the game will be over. But just for my own sake, just to kind of see where St. Louis goes with this game. Um, yeah, but still tied at two. Um, okay. So hang tight. And we are going to bring up some power rankings, which infuriate me. If they don't infuriate you, that's fine. They're just power rankings, but... You can't help but say like, oh, is there some bias here? And I hate throwing around that word word in the in the media world, but I can't help but think there's got to be when you see most of these. So we're gonna check out some power rankings on the other side. Okay, so power rankings. I like to kind of do them sometime during midweek, but just the way the schedule kind of lined up with games. I couldn't get to it until now. So some of these are a couple days old, but some of them came out today. Most power rankings don't come out till midweek, which is kind of why I wait to do them. Uh, most like, And most of these did come out Wednesday or Thursday, but I think a couple of them actually came out today um, or late last night. So most of these are kind of ridiculous in my opinion, and one that just goes way beyond that I have to call out this site it's just a little ridiculous um so where are we starting here the the power 16 ranking uh for the nhl and i'm trying to find it right now i cannot find i know they had the avalanche at number three so and, and let me just start out by saying put washington at number one they deserve it I'm not looking to put Colorado at number one. I think Colorado and every single one of these should be number two. You have beaten the Bruins both times this year, handed them their first loss of the season, handed them their first loss the second time you played them. Uh, there was their first loss on their home ice. Pretty in dominating fashion both times. So 
that's my biggest thing. Where are they compared to Boston? Because Boston is always up at the top, deservedly so. They're not playing well right now. And it's kind of amazing to me how low uh, or, or light these sites have dropped them compared to Colorado. So the NHL.com, they do a Super 16 or whatever they call it. Yeah, Super 16. Washington won, fine. Boston Bruins, number two. They dropped them from number one to number two. Ridiculous. Colorado is number three. Um, so they, they have a hit and a miss here. So their hit is Ryan Graves, six points, three goals, three assists in the past eight games. Uh, obviously leads the league in a plus 23 rating. Their miss, Kale McCarr, missed the last two games with an upper body injury, which we know about. Uh, so those are their kind of hit and miss for that, for the Colorado Avalanche, but they have them at number three ESPN rankings and say what you want about ESPN. I don't have a lot of nice things to say about them, which is why I'm going to bring them up in this one. Uh, I typically don't like to look at ESPN, but when I want to get angry, I do. Um, and they didn't fail me. Washington Capitals, number one, Boston Bruins, number two, New York Islanders, number three, unchanged St. Louis blues, number four, unchanged Colorado Avalanche, number five, up from number nine. Um, and they talk about Burakovsky, how he was a solid complement to the Capitals offense in his five seasons in Washington. Uh, but he's, he's blowing up this season, 23 points in the first 28 games. His career high is 38 points in 79 games, which will probably be eclipsed. But I mean, if you're going off of the previous ranking and you don't want to bump them up too much, I get it. But again, when you're playing the team that you've dominated two times, you drop them one one ranking point is kind of crazy. CBS Sports, number one, Washington, fine. Number two, Boston, terrible. Number three, Islanders, uh, who remained unchanged and up one spot from five to four is your Colorado Avalanche. They write, they continue to get a bit pretty hard by the injury bug, and we should all be mad at them for failing to protect Kale McCarr at all costs. Why we should be mad at them, I don't understand why um, but they're still rolling they got points in seven straight six wins and continue to impress especially offensively but seriously do not let anything happen to kill McCarr or else I don't I mean yeah you can try but it's hockey you can't put a bubble over the guy uh, whatever okay uh, sports illustrated number one obviously Washington number two Boston Drop them one point. It seems like all these sites drop Boston. They went from one to two. I don't know what they're looking at. If you're just going off everything that happened before this game, that's just doing a disservice to the other teams that have played so well, namely Colorado. Sorry if I'm being a homer right now, but it's kind of frustrating. Uh, but they have Colorado at number three, and they moved them up from number four the previous week. Uh, they write, Cam McCarr has dazzled as a rookie. Nathan McKinnon has played at MVP levels. The Avalanche are scoring the most goals per game, but Colorado might still add Taylor Hall. That doesn't seem fair. Uh, and even if we do, you probably will, won't will move them up in the rankings because they're too powerful for some reason. I don't know. Uh, or excuse me, NHL, NBC Sports. They got it right. Washington Capitals, number one. Colorado Avalanche, number two. And they write, if they get Taylor Hall... They would be the clear favorite to win the Western Conference and maybe the Stanley Cup. They might be the favorite for both, even if they do not get Taylor Hall. Smartest thing I've heard all day. I like NBC Sports. They might be my favorite, at least for this week. And then 
and I don't normally bring up these sites, you have SB Nation's Broad Street Hockey. Um, and when I was doing, um, just, you know, I just do a basic Google search to find different sites that have, and I typically go to the same ones like the ones I just mentioned. Uh, I find different sites that do power rankings. So Broad Street Hockey is SB Nation's uh, hockey site for the Flyers. And this was done today. They released this today. And this is where, like, you you are a, a website that wants to be credible. And when you do things like this, you lose so much credibility. You release this today. They just lost to Colorado, obviously, pretty handily. Philadelphia played a good game. But, um, you know, a, a goal with, what, five, six minutes left prevented them from being shut out in that game. And you put them at number one. And that's just a little concerning. Like, if you're trying to do this to be funny, I don't know if they release a a uh, power ranking every week and they always put Philadelphia at number one. If they do that, and, and I just, because I'm not on this site all the time, Okay, fine. That's kind of tongue in cheek. That that's that's I get it. Um, but you put Philadelphia at number one, and you wrote, "Are they the sixth best team in the league by points percentage? They are. Do they have to take on one of the best teams in the league on the road tonight? In in parentheses Wednesday without leading st- scorer Travis Konecki? Sure. Has the power play been an issue? It certainly has. But if I can't be a homer right now, then I don't want to to do this anymore. Nobody criticizes the team as much as I do." When I feel it's warranted, so I'm going to enjoy actually liking the hockey team, the Flyers, for a minute. These are my rankings, and if you don't like it, well, I got two words for you, and he has Degeneration X, you know what, to it. So, like I said, if you want to be funny about it, be funny about it. But if you want to be taken seriously, you're not going to be taken seriously. And the man who wrote this is Bill Matz. I'm sure he's a great guy. Never met him. But then the rest of it is, okay, you have Boston at number two, and then you have Colorado at number three. So how much are you really paying attention? At least put the team that beat you right behind you in the power rankings. If you want to put Philly at number one because it's your website and it's kind of funny to do that, fine. But then you put the Bruins ahead of the team that just beat you and beat them. No credibility to me, sir. I'm sorry. Uh, I'll, I don't know. I'll go back and see if this is something that's uh, par for the course for this this thing that they do with power rankings, which is why they're subjective. So if you want to be funny with it, be funny with it. But that kind of, maybe it's just the wrong week for me to find that because, like I said, I, I, I was hoping that Colorado was number two in all of these. And when they're number three, number five in one, and then I find that <laughs> – Maybe I should take all that back and say, like, I'm sorry. I'm just the bitter fan right now where my team's not getting uh, the notoriety, at least in the power ranking world. So I apologize for that rant, sir, from uh, Broad Street Hockey. (laughs) Come find me next week. Hopefully you have another good week. And if we can move up, we'll move up. But that is what it is. So, all right, we're going to uh, put a bow on this episode with a brief look at the uh, New Jersey Devils. So we're going to check them out here in a second. All right, so uh, as we look at the game against the New Jersey Devils, obviously the eye will be on 
Will Taylor Hall leave with the New Jersey Devils? Uh, or will he? Will a move be made? A move could be made at any point with Taylor Hall. So, and I will be kept on that. Uh, the Devils themselves are just having a, a god-awful season. Uh, they have lost one, two, three, four, five, six in a row. Um, nine, 16, and five on the season, which is 23 points. Only team worse than them overall um, is Detroit. Detroit is on a historically bad season, hopefully more historically bad than the Avalanche season from a few years ago. Uh, honestly, no, I don't, I don't like seeing, yes, they were the rival. I don't like seeing Detroit being as bad as they are. Um, so in terms of team stats, obviously Taylor Hall, future Colorado Avalanche, Taylor Hall with, uh, leads the team in points with 25. Kyle Palmieri leads them with goals with 11. Taylor Hall leads them in assists with 19. Paul Mary leads them in penalty minutes at 35. And he also, and like I said, if you care about the stat plus minus, whatever, but for, for this team, it's pretty telling that they're, he is their number one guy in plus minus, and he's at a plus three. That's pretty brutal. Uh, and when you're looking at their plus minus, it's just double digits all over the place. Negative uh, 11 for Taylor Hall. Negative 15 for Pavel Zaka. Uh, Wayne Simmons, negative 12. Miles Wood, negative 12. Damon Severson, negative 12. P.K. Subban, negative 15. Miko Muller, negative 10. It's just, it's a rough year to be a Devil fan and a Devil player. And when you look at those stats, you're like, yeah, they should get rid of Taylor Hall right now and do some rebuilding. Jack Hughes, you know, they're obviously number one pick. He's at negative 7. Um, I think he's starting to pick it up a little bit more. I keep hearing more buzz about him lately. He's got 12 points on the season, uh, four goals and eight assists. So it's kind of shocking that they're this bad because they do have some talent on this team. Um, but sometimes it's just not working well for whatever reason, and it's not working well for the Devils this year. So, But even having said that, hockey is a game of parity, and you can never take the worst team in the league lightly. And I don't think the Colorado Avalanche will take this team lightly, um, especially on home ice, especially if you're trying to woo Taylor Hall to come over and play you. You want to beat him uh, and his team pretty badly. So he says, I want to join that team. So we'll see if it happens. Uh, But that's going to be it for now, guys. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the weekend. Uh, if something happens with the Taylor Hall situation, I will absolutely be doing a show over the weekend on that. If not, enjoy the weekend, have fun Christmas shopping, and we will see you Monday. And last but not least, here is Jovi.